One of the most effective ways we built private label brands was by starting with arbitrage, we would find a shirt, for example, a really cool design. Then we would go to a manufacturer in China and have them do a custom version of that design. And then we would sell that on Amazon. That became our own private label brand. You're listening to the Kniep and a Real Jodcast. This is your host, Seth Kniep. Welcome back to the Kniep and a Real Jodcast. This is Seth Kniep, your host. And today we have a special guest, my girlfriend and the love of my life. KK. <laughs> you can Hi. find her on Instagram at KK Girl Fitness. The reason we're here. How many years have we been married? 22 now? Okay. We're here to talk about how to start and grow a profitable business with your spouse when you have no cash. Now, just to give you perspective, I want to share with you where we were eight years ago and where we are today. This isn't so we can toot our horn and brag and see how wonderful we are, but to let you know, we know what we're talking about and we failed a lot along the way and it's been very hard, but totally worth it. Eight years ago, we were $24,000 in debt. In the last three months, we did just under 10 million in revenue at just under 30% profit margin. Eight years ago, we had a house in Michigan that foreclosed. Today, we have 13 properties, four properties in Mexico, one in Guatemala, two commercial properties in Austin, two residential properties in Miami, one in Colorado, three residential properties in Austin, and one we are hoping to close on soon in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. All of these are investment properties that doesn't include the house that we live in. The last eight years, a lot has changed and it has not been easy. The, the question is what changed? Cause I'm still me, you're still you. What changed? How did we have such a drastic change in eight years? So we have six steps for you guys. We broke this down into six things. We want it to be super practical so you can actually go out and apply this today. So I'll begin with the first one and that is calibrate. And what we mean by calibrate is you got to get on the same page with your spouse or partner. And one of the ways we did this is we had to ask ourselves, what are each of our goals? How can we work together to reach these goals? And how can we leverage each other's strengths? So I'll speak for my goals. I'll let you speak for yours, KK. Okay. My goal was to stop living paycheck to paycheck. I wanted to stop feeling defeated in life. I wanted freedom. I wanted purpose. I wanted a mission to accomplish. Give me a chapel to build, a ship to sink. That sounds bad, but you know, we are in this room with all this pirate-like stuff, <laughs> as you guys can see. Like, give me something to do, to, to focus on, to build with my hands. Because I didn't feel that way at all working for a corporate company. Even though it was the richest company in the world, I felt defeated and I needed something to focus on. What was your purpose? Yeah, so for me, I wanted to just be present for, with my family and I wanted to be supportive to you. And I didn't want to stress over money and finances. And that was a big stress for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to make a, a, a warning or a caveat to everyone listening. If you feel like you have to have everything perfectly aligned with your spouse or partner before you act, you'll never act on your goals. 
I, I think it's an honest thing to say, KK, that we were not 100% aligned when we started. Yeah. We were aligned in our core values and what we believe about God and life and the purpose of life and humans and eternity and those kinds of things, which are super important. But we were definitely not entirely aligned on our strategy. More on the practical things. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you loved arbitrage. I like it okay. Mm-hmm. And we tried doing and building a business together. And how did that work out? Well, we butt heads sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we still do sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It just didn't work. But what we did find is if we do arbitrage together, we were buying and reselling. And then I focused on the private label myself. It worked out really well. Yeah. Because that's like you were very um, future minded long-term thinking and I liked the convenience of oh I buy this I resell it on eBay and one and done and yeah and I, it catered to my lifestyle better with raising kids and thrifting yes it just was like when I work it I can work it and make the money and then I can back away when I need if to you want to mm-hmm. whereas for me I once I'm in I'm all in I have to keep going you can't yeah. have thousands of products in Amazon's fulfillment center and just decide, okay, I'm done. Like you have to serve these customers. You have a relationship with Amazon. Mm-hmm. So that makes total sense. You're definitely more hands-on. You like going and shopping and finding. That's why online arbitrage, you just never uh, jived with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one, a couple comments I wanted to share with you guys is, and this is so key and we've struggled with this a lot, is codependency. Codependency is I'm not okay unless you're okay. But love is, <clears throat> it hurts when you're not okay but I'm still gonna move on my convictions and goals. Not not listening to your spouse or partner, not in disregard to them, but you, you still act on what will be a healthy life for you. And we had to learn that quickly that there's a tension there. If you have to agree on every single thing, you never get anywhere. That becomes codependency. Like you literally can't move unless your spouse gives you the, the approval. At the same time, being sensitive and listening to each other and adjusting and being willing to compromise, not values, but your approach really helps it to work better. Yeah, I think it goes down to your conviction and trusting each other. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes there's an ebb and flow with that because we, yeah. we don't always see eye to eye, but in the end, you choose to trust me, I choose to trust you. And, you know, if we're super passionate about something and we feel led to do that, then we need to be supportive to each other. Absolutely, do you want more tea? I'm good, but I'll okay. I'll cheers. Okay, Let me, I don't want to cheers at the teapot. What, what are we cheering to? Reaching a billion people? Uh, sure. <laughs> when we cheers, I usually have like this grandiose vision. She's like, just as cheers to you, a good like, evening. How about just to cheers? <laughs> <laughs> cheers to cheers. So the first step is calibrate. You got to be on the same page at some level with your spouse. Otherwise, you don't want to destroy your marriage, your relationship with your partner over your business. It's not worth it. That means sitting down, having like intimate conversation about what will your future and life look like five to 10 years from now, because you have to have practical steps to get there. Absolutely. And I was thinking this, being married is hard. Building a business is hard. Doing those together, (laughs) it's like the coolest adventure ever, but it's gonna require both of you and your spouse to grow a lot. You're just gonna have to grow, I don't mean it condescendingly, but grow up a lot. Yep. as we have had to do and continue to have to do. Yeah. Step number two. Step one, calibrate. Be on the same page on the main things. Number two, 
gather. I can't help it, but every time I say this word, I think of acorn uh, or uh, squirrels gathering acorns. But it's true. You got to gather. And what do I mean by that? Like, Seth, I have no money and I'm in debt. That was us. Then how do I start a business that makes money? Well, you got to scrape up a chunk of cash. Mm-hmm. This is really important. And there's several ways we did this. One is I started driving for Uber and Lyft. Our kids were quite young at that time. So you didn't start, you didn't add on some new job. I decided I'm gonna do this. I worked for Apple. I started driving for Uber and Lyft. I started doubling a dime, did it 20 times and over $100,000. We together started just selling everything we could. Yeah. We sold stuff on Craigslist, Facebook. We had many a yard sale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we became professionally we yard were good. sellers. In the morning, I would get up really early with the boys and we would like make it fun. We'd pretend like we're on some mission. We'd go out and set up all the signs while you were getting everything out set up to make it look really presentable. Yes. The night before, you would do tons of organization in the garage, remember? And you'd be pricing everything. Oh yeah, I was more organized with my yard sales than my own house. And I would always <laughs> come in and say, a dollar, change it to $10. $5, change it to 15 <laughs> And again, that's an example. You could get in a fight over that and sometimes we did or you can work together maybe she'll go up a little but not all the way like you just have to learn to respect the other person's view and compromise on things that are compromisable yeah and regardless it was fun like it it was exhausting but fun i remember we would take turns sitting out there while people come to buy and one of us would go in and make coffee Mm -hmm. remember shannon came over that time and Mm -hmm. she hung out with us Mm -hmm. one of our first friends we moved here to austin like these are good memories guys you can have fun doing this and i can guarantee you especially if you're an american there's probably at least $500 worth of stuff sitting in your house and your garage right now that you don't need, that you'll never touch. Here's a simple rule. If you're not going to need it in six months, sell it. You'll end up with more money long-term if you do this right, where you could buy a thousand of those if you wanted to. So you've got to be willing to let go. And the irony of this, KK, is there is a website app called uh, Let Go. And it's a is it a selling app? Yeah, you just find other people's treasures and... That's awesome. I yeah. haven't heard of that one. Yeah, their junk, junk is your treasure and you can sell it. And back then we used eBay, Amazon, Craigslist. Actually, we used Facebook too. A little bit, yeah. But it wasn't the Facebook marketplaces it, it is today. Today it's super organized. Yeah, it wasn't marketplace. Yeah, it was, it was just Facebook. Mm-hmm. Like these random groups developed by people and now Facebook has organized it and has structure. That was in 2014, 2013. Now you have Facebook Marketplace, Nextdoor, OfferUp, LetGo, Walmart.com. You have so many more options to just yeah. get cash. And once you have that cash, don't go spend it. Amen like, to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it goes back to personal change. Yes, like if you want change, go sell all your stuff, all your extra stuff. Once you have that cash, keep it safe and use it for the next step. <laughs> there was a yard sale we did, I never forget. It was in Austin, I think it was in Pflugerville outside of Austin and Iron Man had just come out and I said, I just want to go take the boys to see Iron Man and just use like 20 bucks of this. Are you cool with it? And you were like, fine with it. So every now and then it's okay to reward yourself with something fun. <laughs> but the majority of it we use for our business. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and that's so important because once you have the cash, if you spend it, you just lost. The goal is to reinvest the cash, okay? So you, you got to treat money like this. If this is my money, it's over here, okay? Here's, here's my money. And now I'm going to take this money and I'm going to reinvest it. And now it becomes more money. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to reinvest that and it becomes more money. And eventually this becomes a business that gives you way more than the original $100 you made at that yard sale or extra $200 you made doing Lyft and Uber. Yep. And that brings us to step number three. So first is calibrate, get on the same page. Second is gather, scrape up cash. Guys, there's no excuse for not getting cash. It's not that hard. The third 
is I like to call it trade. Now, squirrels usually tap out at this point. I don't <laughs> think they trade their corns with each other. <laughs> so this is where we're a little more advanced than squirrels. What I mean by trade is buy and resell. I mean, this has been true for thousands of years, back to the days of the Greeks and the Romans and the time of the Maccabees with the Jews and the Persians and... I like history. <laughs> I can see it on your face. This is what they did. I mean, look at the maps. The world has literally revolved around trade, around ships, going around the world and trading. Well, you can do the same thing from the comfort of your little laptop or your phone. Like, it's so simple. It's not that hard. Now, I got to ask you, KK, how do you do this? Teach us arbitrage. What do you do? Okay. Here we go. Yeah. So... Uh, what I do is I find clearance items either at like Walmart or Ross or like a big discount store, or I'll go to a thrift store and look for either new or gently used items. And then I will look up on eBay how well they're selling. Mm -hmm. So how you do that is if you go into the um, settings part of eBay, you can actually look up the item that you want to sell and then there's an option for a sold section. So you go into the sold section and see how often is it selling, how much is it selling for, and that kind of gives you a price range. Is it worth buying, yeah. you know, what your profit margins right. will be. And if it's selling really fast, there's a strong chance that yours will sell right. fast. Right. If this is selling every day, then, then why wouldn't yours? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. that's that's the basic of it. Yep, it's buying and reselling. You can do this from Amazon to Walmart, from Walmart to Amazon, from your house to Craigslist, from Alibaba Express to Craigslist. Like there's so many ways to do arbitrage, it's not even funny. And just for fun, yesterday I literally took five minutes and I found a huge potential product right now selling on Amazon. This sells for $2 on Walmart for over $15 on Amazon, hmm. simple as that. And these are gonish sticks, just for fun. I just wanna try this. These things smell so strong. Apparently they're like incense. I think. Did I do the wrong end? I think so. Oh, I think you're right. <laughs> oh, but I smell it already. <laughs> People are like, Seth, you have no idea what you're doing. Well, you can tell I've never done the incense thing before. Anyways, so look, guys, this right here, these selling for $2 on Walmart, why not buy them, ship them to Amazon, resell them? Obviously calculate for your fees, they're gonna be around 15% for Amazon to fulfill the order for you, up to 30% if you're going to include the referral fee unless you wanna ship it yourself. Obviously there's a shipping, okay, that's getting strong, a shipping cost, oh man. Oh, don't stick it back in there. At well, least the fire end. part, this okay. End. Yeah, 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 well that is strong. Okay, smells like we've been smoking in here now. <laughs> oh man. Nope, no, we're drinking What instead. was in that? Well, we're drinking <laughs> instead, cheers. <laughs> Guys, um, here's just a really practical tip. If you find a product on Amazon and the BSR, which means bestseller ranking or bestseller rating, if it is 80,000 or under, that's an indication that it's selling fast. You can find the top 2% sellers in a category. Then go to another platform, see where you can buy it for cheaper at Walmart, walking in on walmart.com. Kroger's.com, um, eBay.com. You could even drop ship from eBay to, to Amazon if you want. Go to yard sales. I mean, there really is no excuse. How many yard sales have we been to, you think? 
Like in our marriage, hundreds, so many. And what's <laughs> and cool how many is, have we put on ourselves? <laughs> I know. Like a we are yard sale experts, and it's fun. Why not make it a date? Go get coffee, talk, maybe go to lunch afterwards, and make it a fun thing with your spouse. But you can find time to do this, guys. So let me go back. Step number one: calibrate with your spouse. Step number two: gather. So you need cash to start. I need cash to buy the product from the yard sale so I can sell it on eBay. Step number three: trade. So now I'm gonna start doing this buy and resell, which is arbitrage. Step number four is build. Now this is one of my favorites and I'll teach how to do this one. One of the most effective ways we built private label brands was by starting with arbitrage, we would find a shirt, for example, a really cool design. Then we would go to a manufacturer in China and have them do a custom version of that design. And then we would sell that on Amazon. That became our own private label brand. Like we knew already it sold well because we tested it with arbitrage, which means we only invested 30, 40, $50 yep. to find out, oh, this is a good market. Now I can do tens of thousands per month on this. Remember the cash cannon? Oh yeah. 20,000 a month. That's the product. We had other products, but that's the one that brought us to over 20,000 a month. I'll never forget. I was like, oh my goodness. I just got 10,000 at 50% margin. It was amazing. And I could, I had to deal with the whole, the, as a wholesaler t with the company. And then I went to China and found them being made for like a third the price. I remember that. Unbelievable. <laughs> I just, I, it, guys, there are so many opportunities and you don't have to start as some brand building expert, but what you're going to find is the more you do it, one thing will naturally lead to the next. What would you say to the person that says Amazon is saturated? Great question. Amazon is a platform. It is not a market. It is a marketplace, but it's not a market. So let's say, for example, let's take these Gona sticks. If we have like 50 sellers on Amazon and they all have a thousand reviews, then these are saturated on Amazon. But to say that Amazon is saturated is a little bit naive because there are a lot of products that shoppers are searching for on Amazon that no one is selling. Yeah. Like just sure. go to Amazon search bar and start typing in um, I'm going to use a random example. Give me a second here. Because I was frustrated yesterday with Delilah, your little tiny tot Australian shepherd. Mm -hmm. Was it yesterday I watched her for half the day? Mm -hmm. was it? Okay. Mm -hmm. So the case does not have enough room to put her bowl, her harness, a leash, her treats, her food, and her toys. And her? Well, separate from her, because oh, I was okay, worried she okay. was going to start chewing them because she chews everything, <laughs> yeah. even people's toes. So I thought, man, if someone came up with a case that had enough room to put all those things around and she has her own compartment and I went to Amazon, I couldn't find any. Hmm. So and then I started searching an autocomplete and I noticed people are typing in toy dog case extra compartments that you can if you just start searching it, it'll come up as an autocomplete. But then you go look and there's none. Hmm. What does that tell me? People are looking for this product, yet it's not on Amazon. Opportunity. And that's just, that took me a few minutes. Yeah. Imagine doing this for two hours, how many product ideas you're going to get. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Okay, that brings us to step number five. So just to recap really quick, guys. Number one, calibrate with your spouse. Number two, gather up money. You need a chunk of cash. Number three, trade, buy and resell. Number four, Take that knowledge and you can turn it into a brand on Amazon and that step is build. And finally, number five, we have two more steps. Monetize. Monetize what you learned. 
this is how Just One Dime was born. People started asking me for coaching. Two of my sisters, our neighbor down the street who does your eyebrows, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is crazy. Like, people just, someone I met at the grocery store, they just started asking me to coach them. So I started charging. And that slowly but surely grew into JOD.com, what we like to call the premium coaching company for online entrepreneurs for Amazon. So I started monetizing what I had learned growing Amazon stores. So literally you can make money selling a product, then you can sell that knowledge to people who want to learn it as well. And of course, there's always the, the, the objection, I've received this so many times, well, why would you sell a training and a membership if you're selling an Amazon? Aren't you giving away your secrets and creating more competition for you? That comes from a scarcity mindset. An abundance mindset believes in this, give and you will receive. And it's happened, it's worked for us every single time. Nothing on Amazon for us has ever been threatened in the slightest way by teaching our students the very best knowledge because Amazon sellers cannot keep up with the demand in the market on Amazon. Some people say, oh, but there's 5 million sellers. How do you? Yes, but the majority of those sellers, no offense, are doing almost nothing. We're talking about 5 million Amazon seller accounts, the majority of which are just sitting there or just barely dragging along like a zombie. Nothing's happening. So if you have an abundance mindset and apply that to your life, you will see that the more you give, the harder you work, the more you receive, and the more you can keep giving. Also, every individual is so unique and hmm. gifted in different ways. So even if someone else was teaching similar things, yeah. their style is going to be completely different than yours. Yep. You're going to add things that they're not. And yep. you know, you, you have the uniqueness of you. Absolutely. Yeah. That brings us to step number six. We're going to wrap it up with this, and that is invest. Kiki, I would love to hear your thoughts. And by invest, I'm talking about investing in Amazon stores, which we do for others, but also real estate. What has it been like for you, this whole real estate journey? Like think back when we were trying so hard just to pay off our house on Inks Lake Drive mm -hmm. in Sugarville, and now we are now. What has it been like for you? It's been fun, actually. <laughs> yeah. I So I do kind of on the research end of finding properties that would be good for us to invest in. And I feel like it helps me, it keeps me dreaming. Yeah. Because investment is like a whole new space, a it whole is. new open door. It's its own universe. And it doesn't die, like the <laughs> that concept, because real estate is always growing, it's always appreciating. Yep. And so, and you have the whole world to look at. Yeah. And so for me, it's just been an exciting experience to learn that market better uh, and to dream like, okay, so we have, you know, X amount of real estate properties. Where do we want to invest in next? And kind of how we started to invest in real estate was like we would travel somewhere and we like be like, this is amazing. You know, this is an amazing place. Mm -hmm. Let's invest here. Right. And then so that when we come back, we don't have to pay for an Airbnb or whatever. And we're whatever. making money when we're not there. Exactly. Instead it's of spending money on vacation, income. we make money until vacation, which already more than paid for it. Yes. And yeah. so that's kind of how it started, really, is yeah. we wanted to visit there. And then we were like, we want to come back, but we don't want to pay to live there. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so we just started accumulating property after property and... Yeah, a lot of people, it's, it's been say, a big learning curve, but it's been amazing. A lot of people say, well, okay, why sell on Amazon, but also invest in real estate? And my response is this, once you start making really, really good money, 
you're going to find that close up to 50% of that is taken by the government and taxes are going up to President Biden. Thank you, Biden. <laughs> and so as a result, if you can take a lot of those profits and invest them in real estate, because the property depreciates for taxes, even though in reality it depreciates, right. that depreciation level is a tax write-off. In other words, you can get you know six, $7,000 deduction in what you would normally pay in taxes because you own a house, even if that house was purchased with borrowed money. And because your interest rate is way lower than your tax rate, I mean, I'd much rather pay 3.2% interest than 47.8% in taxes. It makes sense. This is called good, healthy debt. Sorry, Dave Ramsey, we love you. But by the way, he didn't respond to my invite for him to be on the show and debate Tom Wilwright. Oh no. Do you think he's nervous? <laughs> I present it in a very friendly way. And Tom's like, I'm Maybe all for it. Maybe he's on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's at one of his real estate properties. Yeah. We'll see. But this is the beauty of real estate is it allows you to leverage your money in a way you never could have. It's also important to differentiate where you put your money because yeah. yes, we have a buttload of money into Amazon, but what if something happened with Amazon and, and it shut control. down tomorrow? Absolutely. We Having multiple properties, what if one of them went bad? Well, at least you have the others. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's differentiation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Guys, I hope this was helpful to you. This is just, we wanted this to be a very to the point, practical podcast on how you can do it. And if you have any doubts right now, because I know you know, if I had heard this podcast before we started, my mind would come up with all these, yeah, but, yeah, but you don't know my situation, but I'm in this situation, but my wife, but my husband. Mm. I understand those are real, genuine concerns. Please do not let those block you from moving to action. There's always a way around. There's always, I'm not saying every marriage works out. I'm not saying every business succeeds. But when you're in life, when you're faced with an obstacle, you don't want to just focus on what's the solution. You want to change your thinking and say, maybe, maybe this obstacle is here not to stop me, but to make me stronger. So by the time I climb over it, I'll be way more successful as a result. Absolutely. Preach. <laughs> Thanks, KK, for being on the show. Of course. My You're pleasure. beautiful. Oh, by the way, if you guys want more information like this, go to... Oh man, this is embarrassing because I can't remember it. Hold on, hold on. It's jod.com, but what is our link to our Jodcast, um, you were distracting me, KK, podcast.justonedime.com. So sorry, guys. You can find these on Spotify, on, they don't even call it iTunes now, they just call it Apple Podcasts. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on like 17 different platforms. So wherever you want to find it, just search. Can you put a real Jodcast? J-O-D stands for Just One Dime Cast. Awesome. Have an awesome day. Mm -hmm.